so my mom's hardcore Catholic. God love her. I love her. Um, and uh, so naturally, you know, my dad, he grew up kind of as a Baptist, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm a cactus, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you get one joke, that's it. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Psychoactivision Presents. I'm your host, Peter Strickland, and we've got another wonderful interview for you today. Before we get started, I wanted to ask that if you're watching this video on YouTube, please like the video, subscribe to our Psychoactivision YouTube channel. You can find a playlist there with all of the interviews that we've done with uh, musicians, videographers, and creatives all alike. Uh, You can also find uh, our music videos. There's a playlist of those. There's visuals we've made and all sorts of stuff to explore. You can also follow us on Instagram and, and uh, TikTok at Psychoactivision. For today's episode, I uh, am really excited because I've got, I'm making my first, uh, doing my first interview with someone who uh, is uh, making music in the country music genre. I've never done a, a country music interview before. Really excited for it. B.B. Uh, Palmer. What's up, man? It's happy. I'm happy to have you here. Hey, right, man. Thanks for having me, Pete. Appreciate it, brother. <laughs> so before we get started on uh, you know, the interview, the conversation and everything, I wanted to ask uh, if you wanted to plug uh, anything like your Instagram or you have an album coming out. I think that's probably the number one thing you should plug. Yes, I do have an album coming out. And uh, also I'm starting a uh, brand of toilet paper. It's going to be in Walmart. <laughs> You'll see my face on it. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll have to wait for that one. But yeah, so the, the record, yeah, we'll plug the record. So uh, we got a record that's uh, coming out uh, 8-19, August 19th. It's called uh, Krishna Country Gold. I brought I brought the, the divine with me today. Nice. So uh, in spirit. So, you know, um, it's a fusion record. So it's basically... We're taking um, Vedic instruments from the East and combining it with Western country music or whatever we do. So, yeah. I uh, I really appreciate that, you know, that maybe we'll start the conversation with that. Um, I'd say the number one, like the standout thing when I listen to your music is that Eastern influence. And I think that, you know, even going back to your album from 2019, uh, that, you know, the it's maybe not as obvious uh, on you know on that album, but I think on your newer stuff that I've heard so far, it's pretty unmistakable that there's like you said a fusion. There's like a, a good mixture of genres going on. Yeah, definitely. Um, there, you're right though about the 2019 album because we used you know um, like uh, electric sitar guitars, but mm, we we gotcha. placed them you know in the background. You know, it wasn't the primary. You know. Yeah. Uh, thing, but 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 I, that was starting to kind of um, build uh, and experiment a little bit uh, on that record, and this is like the full real realization, basically the 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 new record coming out. So that's awesome, man. Um, I uh, I think I want to start maybe you know I think I you know did we just talked about that, and we're going to talk about that more. But I think maybe a good way to really start our conversation and kind of get into you know the whole meat and pot- meat and potatoes of everything. Uh, tell me where you're originally from and how you started playing music. Okay. 
this lifetime. Um, (laughs) (laughs) This lifetime. Let's see. I grew up in pretty much in between Theodore, Alabama and Mobile, Alabama. Mm -hmm. There's a place like called Dolphin Island Parkway that, you know, kind of I grew up. I grew up in the city down in Mobile, but also grew up, you know, on the west side of Mobile Bay and in between Dolphin Island Parkway. So that's that's where I was born. Pretty much Mobile, Alabama, Mm -hmm. you know, but on the kind of the west side of the bay down there. Nice. Nice. Do you identify with that? Like, do you, uh, well, I mean, cause I, we're going to talk about this a little bit, uh, in later part of the conversation, but I, you know, saw online that, um, you grew up Catholic. Yeah. Which I mean that for, I, for I, I grew up Catholic too, but the weird thing is mine was not, <laughs> mine was not, yours sounds a bit more traditional for the South. And here's what I mean, because Mobile is, has a very big Catholic influence and, yeah. and the, well, there's just so much, no you know, doubt. but I, I grew up in, in Opelika, Alabama, and right. there's not, there's one Catholic church. Well, actually, there's, one, there's two Catholic churches in this whole area, two now, yeah. but but all together, they're not huge. It's not like churches you would go to. Like even the in, cathedral in yeah, downtown. Yeah, exactly. Or even I've been to places in Birmingham where it's, the churches are huge and there's like a huge congregation there. And um, I don't know, uh, uh, I guess my point is, you know, you growing up Catholic, that also screams to me like, oh yeah, South Alabama. That's you yeah, know. for sure. It's a big part of the culture down there. Growing up Catholic, my mom was one of nine children who grew up in an all Catholic family. Wow, yeah. So my mom's hardcore Catholic. God love her. I love her. Um, and uh, so naturally, you know, my dad, he's he's not really. If he grew up kind of as a Baptist, you know, mm-hmm. so I'm a cactus, you know. <laughs> You get one joke, that's it. That's my joke. But anyway, uh, so 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 my dad actually converted to Catholicism when me and my sister were already like been in that mug for eight years, nine mm-hmm. years. You know, we had done our confirmation. So we were teaching my. I remember teaching my dad like the Hail Mary and the Glory Bees and the Beatitudes and all that. And so yeah, so that's yeah. But you're right about Mobile being super super Catholic. It is. <laughs> well, and like. Uh, so like, you know, like I said, I grew up around here, around the Auburn Opelika area, and uh, my parents, you know, were raised Methodist and Baptist, and they became Catholic, which is, th- that's not a very common story. No. And then they had eight kids, though, so I'm one of, one of eight. So, I mean, wow. it's, it is it is. So you know that life. Yeah, I do know that life. But, <laughs> but thankfully, thankfully, my, you know, my dad usually had... Uh, he usually had pretty good jobs to where, uh, this is a weird way to put it, but I'm happy we were not like, you know, one of the, some of the families I saw where they had eight kids, but they didn't have enough money, you know, where, where there's a lot of those families out there, you know, without the means to raise eight. Yeah. Well, I mean, I like, like I still had hand-me-downs, but it wasn't, and I still always shared a bedroom, but it, but like you talk to other people where you're like, oh, you shared a room with like three or four people and, you know, shared a bed, you know, because you, you know, things like that. And so, no doubt. And I mean, there's stories like that also from people who grew up in the Great Depression. It's kind of weird making that parallel, but, um, you know, ma'am, you're right about that. But anyway, so uh, let's talk about music then. How, how did you first start playing music? I first started playing music um, because my dad played guitar and sang, you know, and he's a really good singer, much, much better than me. Um, But he, you know, I grew up with him having the guitar around when I was like 11 or 12. I heard him playing 
secret agent man. <laughs> and so I, I didn't give a damn about the song, but I love something with me clicked with the opening uh-huh. riff, you know. And so I was like, oh man, I was like, Dad, you gotta, you gotta teach me that. Please teach me that. He's like, okay. I was like, he's like, you never really cared about this guitar before, but he's like, all right, I'll teach it to you. So he he taught me what to do. And I swear he and he'll corroborate this when we talk about it to this day. He's like, man, I remember you being upstairs back. And it took me about a month to get that that little riff. Yeah. And I came down the stairs. I was like, I learned it. I learned it. You know. And and from there it just took off. You know, like nice. I fell in love with guitar, and so that's how I started playing music. How about early influences then? Like, because, you know, like, I mean, that, that's kind of a fun, that is like, fun. you know, that, that's kind of a fun first song to be like really, you know, into. But, right. but like, uh, since you're, you know, here's actually a fun question. Uh, it's a little bit different uh, from instead of country music, I want to know what music did you listen to growing up that was not country that that is an influence on you now? Great question, because none of it was country, brother. Like, I, I fell in love with country 10 years ago. You know, I'm 35, so That's in crazy, my early yeah. 20s. And so uh, my my dad had a really eclectic taste of music, which I'm super thankful for. Um, but he was an R&B guy, you know. Like, he, he listened to, like new r&b like like 90s neo soul like yeah. d'angelo mm. uh, erica badu nice. you know what i'm saying maxwell yeah you know uh and prince first concert i ever went to was with my dad i was nine years old prince that's pretty badass dude pretty amazing right and so but he also liked the old stuff like the 60s like 70s stack r&b like otis redding al mm-hmm. green you yeah. know uh, but he also was into the bands like america and and those bands that kind of like had that southwestern not the eagles because i stand by the dude what about the eagles <laughs> the eagles suck uh, so thankfully there were no there uh, you know yeah they don't suck but you know what i mean I, they just they they commercialize it basically but uh, oh i totally get it like I, I think the problem is once you've heard something way too many times like you eventually started to hold a grudge against like that's why that's why i don't like pop music and that's why i don't like the eagles is that i've i literally i've worked at so many places that played at hotel california like two or three times every shift so i'm like i don't i will never like them again right you can't but the the sad thing is there's so much better songs by the eagles obviously yeah that's always how it works out but yeah so my dad you know had a and my mom only she was very singular she listened to james taylor and only james taylor (laughs) so i got less i got to hear how a songwriter writes on because in my opinion james taylor's like one of the greatest songs oh for sure yeah and so i got to hear you know that from an early age and so between you know my mom and my dad and my brother um who's 10 years 12 years older than me he was you know he was he's a deadhead he's you know he toured with panic doing like setup design like widespread um and so i got to see that that too so and then i also grew i went to an all-black school growing up mm-hmm. so lyoncoff elementary down in mobile alabama i was one of 10 white boys in the whole school mm-hmm. and so i got to see you know growing up down there next to lyoncoff you know i go visit my my i go to my black friend's house and see how they live which is completely different how we live yeah. you know as it is you know especially so in the early 90s so i got to turn on to you know hip-hop and all that and like dance and all that so like you know i've just been blessed to have a lot of different influences 
Couple things. Your dad sounds like my dad because like I, I've got some of my parents' vinyls and it's all, well, I mean, I guess my parents were a little bit more into 70s funk. Like they love Parliament, Funkadelic. My I dad mean, too, yeah. They man. love Steely Dan. Love I mean, Steely Dan. They're just like, there's certain artists, or, or Stevie Wonder. Stevie I mean, Stevie Wonder. Yeah. There, there's certain people that they just kind of, like the heaviest my dad was willing to go ever was he was like, I like Kiss. You know, that's, <laughs> it's about, and I'm like, I feel like that's not even heavy anymore. <laughs> it's not even heavy. Yeah, yeah, it's Kiss. Yeah, but uh, love Parliament Funkadelic though, man. Oh, yeah. I love George Clinton. Love, yeah, so I well, feel you on that. And like my dad, uh, my dad went to Auburn High School. Um, he graduated in, I think, 1976 or 77. He told me the year before he graduated, uh, because uh, the Commodores were from Tuskegee. They played. They played. Or maybe maybe it wasn't the year before, like a few years before or something. Like, like imagine having the Commodores play your prom at Auburn High. Like, that would have been crazy. Right, you got Lionel Richie there singing. Yeah. Which is, <laughs> singing and, prom. And I bet nobody even really understood at the time, like... Well, because obviously you don't know who's going to become big, but no, you don't. But uh, that's that's cool, though. Which I mean is is a good thing. It, I would say that's something that keeps some people in check, and I'm sure you've seen this over the years, where you see someone who's not really a big deal, but they act like they are, and then you're oh, like, man. man, that person's not going to do well. Like, oh man, do I ever see it? Man, all the time on the road. Yeah. you know, it's like I had experience in Tulsa a week ago with, with with a band like that. So I ain't gonna, I'm not gonna say anything no, man, I got bad you. I got about you. any band because anybody who's out there doing it, respect whether you like the music yeah. or not. Respect to that person out there putting himself out there. You For know, sure, yeah. What I'm saying, but you're right. With 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 the music, there comes an ego, and the ego is essential, I believe. But you gotta know when to turn that shit on and off. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Um, it's a hard I thing mean, to do sometimes, though. Well, and and I'll make the parallel to like I I I uh, I'm a real big fan of stand up comedy. And Me too. Stand up comedy is a big thing. Me too, man. Is big in that way that. Somebody can act like an asshole on stage if it's their act, right. and I might think it's hilarious. But if I, you know, but if they're an asshole to me in the lobby when I'm just trying to say, "Hey, good set, man," then then I'm like, uh, you know, and, yeah. and obviously there's, there's rubs you the wrong way. Well, and, and there's different circumstances for, but but you hear on on comedy podcasts all the time people being like, "Hey, you know, I really liked this one guy, but then I opened for him and he was a total asshole," and I'm yeah. like, "You Happens can't." All the time. Well, like, uh, like you know, I'll, I'll throw someone out there that everyone knows is an asshole at this point. It's, it's his whole act. Uh, Andrew Dice Clay, who was huge in the <laughs> early 90s, he, like, like uh, there's so many yeah. stories of him these days where he'll show up to a place and it, his whole attitude is like, well, I'm, you know, a big macho badass. And I'm like, I know you're doing a shtick, but, like, but at the same time, you are kind of like you're you're not getting that you're leaving a bad taste in all these young comics' mouth who like they're never going to remember you as fondly as right. you know some of the other greats because you're just you're making them you know anyway. Right, you're right about that. You're right about that. I love stand-up comedy. A big Bill Hicks fan. Nice. Um, yeah, I only got turned on to Bill Hicks from listening to podcasts. It's only really like comedy fans and like real real comedy heads that know about even know about Bill Hicks. But right. as soon as I heard. Him even kind of like having like a you know bit of an accent, I was like, like I'm already kind of into this because he sounds like someone I grew up with, you Man, know. So I'm like, he's from Austin, dude. He grew up hardcore in yeah. in, in the uh, um uh, oh man uh, the what do they call it where they go and they preach to other uh, evangelists. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. He grew up in the evangelist, and so he turned against that, and that's why his act is what it is. You know, if you mm -hmm. look at early Bill Hicks or you look at interviews, you see how he is, why the way he is. But I love Bill Hicks, man. I love uh, the joke. There's a joke Bill Hicks does about um, 
<laughs> about Jesus. And it's like, uh, he's like, why do, why do all the Christians have Jesus on a cross? Like, he's like, do you think Jesus is like, oh yeah, man, I like that. I like that cross of me in the worst time of my life. <laughs> you wear it around your neck and that's how you remember Jesus. It's like, but what, that doesn't make any sense. You yeah. know, it's like, <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Great joke. Anyways. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, I think there's a, you know, we're, we're talking about religion, so let's, you know, kind of talk about it a little Love bit. Love religion, ma'am. Well, I was going to say, that's something that I see throughout your music, and I think it's uh, what kind of, actually, I'll kind of give it, I'll give a little, little bit of a history on myself over the past year for a second. I have gone through phases of being in and out of liking country, if I'm being honest, like, mm-hmm. uh, and, 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 and growing up in the South, you get the you get the best and the worst of it. Like there's some yep. great country music that comes through here, but there's also some like just crap that people pedal to you. And yep. and uh, I uh, I've said this on a previous podcast, but I'll say it again. The first memory I have of being turned off by country was, uh, uh you know, like I said, I grew up in the Oak like Auburn area. I was uh in a car full of people going to visit uh the site of like the battle of horseshoe bend you know right. it was like we were learning about a history class or something right and it was like me and some like a family friend or something we were going and they were all big country fans i didn't like country you know i didn't really know anything about it mm-hmm. and the song she thinks my tractor's sexy oh, came on man. like three times during the whole you know several hour ride ruined it for you no for real <laughs> like, and, and by the end of it they were singing along and i was like i can't get into it i don't know what it is but it just because none of it was relatable for me especially at same like, thing happened with me with early on same thing happened. yeah i heard radio country you know yeah exactly and so like i was like oh i was like i don't think this is for me and then, and then later, I was shown, you know, like Hank Williams Senior, and like, and the and yeah. the fifties, sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties. You know, yeah, I was showed certain artists. I was like, oh, so this is what country music yeah. is about, or this is the way I like to listen to country music. I think that that's a really good way to put it because it's not you don't necessarily want to trash yeah, someone's taste in country. Man. Everybody's it, different. Because like for years, for whatever reason, I was a total shithead and would and would shit on people for being like, why is Taylor Swift your favorite artist? Why Me is too. Ariana Grande or why is Katy Perry? But then I was like, Peter, it's a different style of music. You, because when I look at it, I'm like, it's pop and pop has evolved. I like old pop, you know, like, right. like the Beatles were pop, you know, no in doubt. their time. So it's like, no pop's not a bad genre. No. It's just... There's, but I think what what really rubs me the wrong way with like obviously that radio country that you're talking about right. has been around for a long time because that's she thinks my tractor's sexy. I don't even know who, who sings that. I don't even like Millie Vanilli. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean that song's got to be from like 2000, 2001. Like, yeah, yeah, it's like early 2000s. But uh, yeah. but it, I mean if that was turning me off that long ago, it's crazy that I listen to it now and I'm and I feel like somehow it's worse. And I think I think sure. it's. Here's the weird thing. I usually love genre fusion, but I think it's the fusion of like hip hop beats. And, yeah. and I'm not talking about Old Town Road. That's on bangs. I'm talking about. Show does. I'm talking about like bands that they basically, they just have a Southern twang on their voice, but it's a pop song. Right. You yeah. know? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, you know, some, some, sometimes it works, those types of fusion, sometimes it doesn't. But you're right. It's all subjective. And, you know, what someone else likes, it's not going to be what I like, you know? Yeah. And that's cool. You know what I'm saying? It, it takes a while to, to have that epiphany. You got to kind of grow up to, because I was the same way. I was like, fuck this, fuck that, you know, like, you listen to that. I think that naturally happens when you're young, you know. I've been going through something over the past couple years because I also was the same way about metal forever, where I was like, Mm. I can't, and I I used to listen to heavy music when I was younger, 
But then I got out of it. Like when I was in high school, my, me and my friends just listened to like jazz and funk and like like psychedelic rock. And so basically right. I, I got like real heady. I guess I got my, like I thought my music was way better, but I'm like, yeah. these people are just you drug, become, drug addicts, you yeah. know? Come on, dude. <laughs> Except for Frank Zappa, that dude stay clean. And... Yeah, well, and he's, and he's amazing. His music is yeah. not even like it transcends. Like, <laughs> it does. But I think I've said all that just to say that I... Back when uh, I was living in Auburn uh, before I moved to Atlanta and me, you and I would play the same kind of gigs, but yeah, you know, sure. not like right after each other, but I saw you. Yeah, for sure. Um, I would listen to your music and I, and I, and, and like, I, I enjoyed it, but I think at the time it was just like, I wasn't looking for country. It was like, it was something when, right. when I would find it, I'd go, Oh, that's awesome. Like that's, that's good country. Right. It's, right. Same thing with, you know, artists like Sturgill Simpson. Sure. First time someone, it was like someone was playing it in a room and I was like, who is this? You know, it's yeah, a, yeah, yeah. but I, but I wasn't seeking it out. And I, honestly, when I figured out that someone was country, I was like, ah, it was like a weird turnoff. But then now yeah. I'm like, I don't, I don't really know why that was. But what stood out to me with your music and what made me gravitate towards it was the influence of religion. It was the influence of, sure. um, you know, your lyrics are not, uh, they don't, they don't have the same flavor that some like outlaw country would have where, cause a lot of, a lot of outlaw country ends up kind of sounding the same where you go, okay, we get it. Cocaine pills, yeah. you know, uh, sure. like this and that, uh, but it, it's kind of like the same thing. I love what you've been doing, especially on your last couple projects of you're pretty much like you're, you're making a new kind of thing that I've never heard before. At least, I mean, I've heard it, I've seen it online described as cosmic country, yeah. but, I, but it's like, it's got like a psychedelic, you know, that's also another word for cosmic, but sure. What is your opinion on cosmic country and religion and how all that stuff? I know I've, I've rambled and I'm sorry. That's not a good question, <laughs> but dude, go, give stop me from talking, please. Okay. All right. It, it is, it's actually a great question. Um, uh, so Cosmic Country, you know, it's like, it, ultimately, it's just another label, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's a way to describe something. And so, when I think of Cosmic Country, like, you know, I think of Graham Parsons. Like, I think of those, I think of Flying Burrito Brothers. Mm -hmm. I think of th those guys in the late 60s who took rock and roll, country music and psychedelic and put it all together, yeah. you know? And so when I think of that, that's what, what I think of when I think of Cosmic Country, like the birth of it, you know, started then. And there's been influences, you know, since then. But, um, you know, that's kind of like how I think of Cosmic Country, I guess. And then same way as you using the use of psychedelic sounds, um, the use of erythral lyric, you know, like, I mean, there's many ways to do it. You know what I'm saying? Um, but... Yeah. Does that answer? Well, uh, partially. Uh, let, let's talk about religion then, because I think that it's honestly hard to talk about, uh, you know, psychedelic uh, psychedelia um, without uh, talking about religion, because I think it is a form of religion. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's related to... You know, Ken Kesey and the acid test, you know, which is the first time a lot of many Westerners experienced God. Mm -hmm. They had Darshan with Christ by taking a tab of acid, you know what I'm saying? Like, and then they understood, like, oh, wow, there's there's these different planes of consciousness out there. And I see how religion ties into that now 
But the way that they were experienced religion was the way a lot of us experience religion in the West is through the medium of fear, you know? Yeah. And it's, and it's, it's an effective way to, to control somebody through your lens of your faith, but it's not an effective faith for the soul to grow in, you know, cause you're, it's fear induced instead mm-hmm. of love induced. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, with religion in the West, you know, a lot of us get turned off by it because, because we're proselytized, uh, you know, looked down upon, you know, um, you know, do this or you're going to go to hell, you know, and it doesn't make sense when you're a kid. I remember this. I remember going to church and hearing about hell and it just didn't feel right in my soul. You know, like it was like, why would an all eternal loving being send you somewhere for eternity, no matter mm-hmm. what you did for eternal? It just didn't didn't make sense with me, you mm-hmm. know. I felt that as a child, which I think you're most pure as a child. You know what I'm saying? You know, it's a... I know that children still have developing brains that can't make rational decisions necessarily, but also adults don't make rational decisions that often. So it's kind of, right. it's kind of crazy when you think about it. Like, like you said, kids really sometimes they say the most honest thing because they're like, Absolutely. well, why would I lie about it? Or, you know, like they, they're, they're just very pure in that way. They don't, right. you know, they haven't, they haven't the society and, and, and the parents, you know, teaching them, molding them, you know, into, you know, uh, the rules of society, they, they haven't really got those rules yet. So they're more free as spirits, you mm-hmm. know, and we can learn a lot from children. Children are beautiful. You know what I mean? Like they, they, you're right. They don't see necessarily, you know, um, uh, you know, like, okay, this person's different than me. Like, you know, they naturally love each other. All yeah. kids love each other. You know what I'm saying? They're taught stereotypes they're taught you know all these things that you know ultimately you know keep them from growing um so yeah i mean well i mean the number one uh uh, kind of talking about psychedelia and religion and all that the number one like if i had to sum up the what i think you know most people would say like what psychedelia is or like psychedelic art, music, like what's it all getting at and everything. To me, uh, the sentence I've heard from so many people is everything's connected. We are all one. Yeah. And it, and and, and I like that it's, uh, there's not, there's not this pressure to explain it all. It's not that like, there's not usually, and and honestly, anybody who, uh, whether through the use of actual drugs or not has like a psychedelic experience because you don't have to use drugs to have a psychedelic experience. You, you damn, you damn sure. You can don't. be looking at a beautiful sunset and go, "Oh my god, I just, I just realized that everything's connected, man." And I'm but super high right now, <laughs> but not, but no, not chemically induced. No, yeah, no. I mean, like, I, I mean, I've gone on runs before. Like, I used to go running a lot, and uh, mm-hmm. I had this like carpet in my room that um, had this like pattern in it. And I would come back from the, like a three mile run on a hot summer day and I would just look at the carpet and I wasn't trying to and see it move, but it would literally just look like a <laughs> pond all rippling in towards itself. And I would just kind of like bask in it for a moment. And I was like, I am not on any substances at all right now. I'm literally just like, this is what your body does. You know, I don't know if it's to reward you or what it is doing exactly, but right. Um, but I guess my point. But is, you've seen that experience of piercing through the veil naturally. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, and and, uh, and I think uh, there's experiences that people don't 
uh, I'm sure you've, since you're, you know, since we're having this conversation, I know you're, you, you know, your, I guess, history about psychedelic, uh, culture. A little um, bit. Well, what I was going to say, um, Aldous Huxley, I mean, you know about him and, uh, Brave New World. Yeah. Yes. So like, but, um, the book everybody always talks about, uh, Doors of Perception, right. which is, you know, the one where he talks about his experience in mescaline. Where the doors got their name. Exactly. Yeah. What's interesting, though, when I bought that book, uh, it has an essay in the back of it that's shorter. It's maybe like 20 pages or something called Heaven and Hell. And this essay um, heard of that before, is like right? an addition to it's kind of like a, on the same subject. But what's really cool is throughout the essay, he goes through history and examples of times when like on a general larger sense of times when people as a culture thought that they were seeing God. And in reality, he was able to explain it through uh, chemistry. He was essentially saying, uh, like an example that I always bring up is that peasants during medieval times, um, they were so used to seeing like the, the absence of color or like vibrance in their life. Right. Like, you know, their clothes were brown or black or, you know, they lived in the mud and the shit. They like, right. they like their whole life was just like bland. Right. But when they would go to church, they would see stained glass windows and they would mm. see all the colors and it was the colors that were essentially, well, it, okay, it was the colors from the stained glass windows that they'd never really seen before. It was the incense, you know, kind of giving them a smell, a sensory thing there. Um, it was the Gregorian chants mm. that have, you know, I mean, they're, uh, which is beautiful. beautiful I mean, and, and, and even that can, you know, like I said, mm. give you like a psychedelic experience no doubt. because it sounds angelic. So, yeah. I think uh, what I'm saying is uh, Heaven and Hell is really cool and you should check it out. It's just, it's a little bit easier to read because it's shorter. Uh, shorter. But it's uh, it's just cool to see that throughout history, there's been times where a lot of people want to say like, I'm feeling God. And it's like, you might be, right. but also we need to talk about chemicals because there's these chemicals in your brain that are going yeah. haywire right now that you aren't acknowledging right. and possibly that intoxication is being with God. I don't know. I mean, it's a good point. You know, I'm going to relate to that real quick sure, because yeah. there's stories of the East, you know, like in, in India and in, in the far East, um, they call these people God intoxicants. You know, they're people who in the West we would lock up because we'd say they're crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. But over there, they're actually like families will, will basically, you know, there's a saint over there uh, called Ananda Mind, and she would just be doing cart cartwheels for like five years you know just full of god intoxicant and and there's families that that take care of them that feed them that yeah. host them because it's a you know it's a very noble thing to do you know what i'm saying so that's what's cool over there i think is they like you know they give those people a place you know just to be what they are you know and they're not like all right you're crazy we're gonna lock you up we're gonna shoot you full of drugs and you're gonna have an even worse experience well, isn't it so weird that, uh, and this, this is a thing throughout the world, but with different religions where we live, Christianity is like the, uh, you know, the norm or it's what most people, it's yeah. what we see everywhere. Right. And, uh, and I've heard, you know, my parents or other people who are very devoutly Christian talk about other religions that I agree may sound a little funky where they'll be like, can you believe they believe this? And then they'll talk, I mean, the ones that people always make fun of like Scientology, you know, for example, and like, sure. uh, and, and, but it's funny when you look at it and you go, 
what you believe is not that far off. <laughs> if you just change, if you change, you know, like if you look past the fact that Scientology is all about like aliens, if you replace it with like humans and, yeah. and, and, and like things that we related to more on Earth, pe- people might actually not even understand the difference. You know, True. it's just, um, but anyway, like I, I, uh, I've been obsessed with religion ever since growing up. And ironically, I think, you know, we're probably in the same boat on this. My parents, you know, would love for me to still be Catholic, even though I'm not. <laughs> but what they really did, though, was that by raising me um, with a, you know, pretty strictly with like a religion that I ended up not believing in, it did set me on a path of uh, searching. Because, sure. I mean, maybe is that something that you uh, would relate to? Yeah, grist for the mill, man. I mean, absolutely. What's 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 more profound, at least in, with my path, is like you know, I grew up for, in the Catholic faith. Uh, I really felt it deeply as a child. Moved away from it. Um, found you know, in the last six years of my life, like found you know, Eastern Vedic practices, Theravada and Buddhist practices taken those practices, read those holy books, uh, and then in turn, I re- I, I've now come almost full circle and I'm read- I'm back at the Bible, you know, and I'm understanding the Bible in a whole new light. Yeah. Because, because that, because the, the folks in India love Jesus. They love, there's actually stories about Jesus lost years going to India to learn Kriya Yoga. Interesting. And uh, they have documents over there about like how Jesus visited India and then came back, you know, and so, it's cool how it's just like, oh, it's just, you know, different paths to the same to same route. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. That. I think that's what we're what we're kind of getting at is that uh the whole point of this part of the conversation, why is it that religion is such a divisive thing when at its core it's supposed to be uh and it seems you know, it's supposed to be unifying and, and right. uh it seems like you have gravitated towards in your uh lyrics and in your music, um religions though that i mean eastern religions are in my opinion a little bit less restrictive in yeah. terms of like it's not all about don't do this don't do this it's more about and what and, and the don't do's are more general it's like don't hurt your neighbor you know and that's yeah. a pretty easy one to right. to follow it's not don't eat meat on fridays because then you go why you know right. it, it just, like things like that and i and i hate the idea of anyone ever not, like as a kid, I don't feel like I was ever told like more of the meaning or if I was kind of explained over the years more right. of like what we're doing in Catholic Church, I probably would have un- I probably would have appreciated it more. But, right. you know, now I'm like, no, it just kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah, well, that's what happened. Folks get caught in the method. You know what I'm saying? They get caught in the method instead of, you know, just just doing it, you know. And and so, yeah, but you're right. There are, you know, there are a lot of, but there's a lot of arbitrary, you know, uh, you know, rules and 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 all that in Eastern religions too. For sure, yeah. Um, they just, I feel like um, what I what I got, at least from the Bhagavad Gita when I first read it, it was like, you know, eventually what I got from it because it took me many times, still still blowing my mind, you know. But but basically, um, what I got from uh, from the Bhagavad Gita was just like experience God. Hey, this these are paths to God, but experience it. Just don't read about it and believe it, you know, just because someone gave it to you or, you know, someone tells you mm-hmm. to believe it. I liked how they were, they put the emphasis on, on experience in God, you know, mm-hmm. instead of just like, faith is a big part of it too, but it's faith with experience. I think, uh, 
if I were to like sum up, you know, how I feel about uh, how I wish religion was in the world, I would say uh, I wish that every single person had a different idea of the origin of the world and like what we're doing here and all of that. One thing that I don't really like, I guess, about organized religion, and I don't know if, you know, you relate to this, uh, you probably do. I don't like uh, the, like we've been talking about, the kind of us versus them mentality, the yeah. like, the trying to recruit people. Like, because the only thing I've ever wanted to recruit people for is to say, hey, don't be a piece of shit. And, you know, hey, <laughs> you know, like, uh, be a nice person. I mean, like, yeah. at the end of the day, that's all I care about is... If you like, I, I really don't know any other way to put it than just like, if you treat other people like you want to be treated, you should be fine, you know? Yeah. And I think it's a lot of the other, row. I think a lot of the other stuff muddies up the waters and makes it confusing to people. Um, sure. So, yeah. I mean, I remember one time you can, this is maybe something you can laugh at too. My, my mom and I went to a church when I was like a kid. It was like a new church we hadn't been to. Mm. Uh, we were on vacation or something. And she was, you know, really got upset because, uh, she was talking to us afterwards because she was like, they use white wine for the, for the blood. And I was like, it's wine. Like, it, yeah. it, you know, it, it doesn't really matter that much. And I'm not, I, mom, I'm not hating. I don't think you watch these, but God you know, bless your mom. Man. But, but, but I think, I think my point is sometimes it's, 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 it, I mean, that seems like a funny thing, but it, yeah. it really is kind of, sometimes that is a good example of like, uh, you're right. The kind of things that people get upset about. Um, you're right. Yeah. It's just arbitrary stuff. It's just like, man, you know, mm -hmm. it happens all the time. You're mm -hmm. right. <laughs> so so kind of. I guess if you're okay with it, let's move off religion a little bit because sure. we've been talking about that we've been so much. In it, man. <laughs> but I, I felt like it was. Uh, we'll segue this. I thought that it was a worthy conversation, though, just because that encompasses a lot of your lyrics, a lot of you know what I've heard from you. Because like you know, absolutely, your album Lee County's Finest starts with, uh, or at least the intro song. I think has like uh, some audio that's kind of creepy and Christian. You know, yeah, it's very it's from my a, nana. Wait, really? Yeah, that's my grandmother. Oh wait, no, I mean, I know, I think I mean the man. That's uh, oh, there's a man's voice too, isn't there? Are you, are you talking about at the end of the of it, still living, right before still living? You talking about the preacher? Uh, yes, yes, okay. yeah, the preacher is who I'm thinking of. Yeah, so that's an audit. That's a YouTube clip, right? Oh, uh, yeah. okay, okay, yeah. Okay. Um, just I mean, the, it was a good one though because it it sets them like, oh, oh yeah, man, it gives you the heebie-jeebies. Yeah. I really, yeah, when me and my my friend of mine who helped me with those segues. Like we're like, yeah, we got to use this thing. This is freak some folks out. Like we got to do this. <laughs> well, it, it just sounds, and it doesn't sound far fetched. Like that's no. the kind of stuff that, like, I'm thankful that Catholic Church isn't like that. They don't preach like that. They don't preach fire and brimstone. Right. But, but they are. It's the Catholic Church is like intellectually like that. Like they're they're a little bit more academic about it. Right. They're not they're not trying to prey on your emotions quite as much. I feel like. But uh, anyway, but I feel like uh, this is a good segue into talking about your music though. Um. Because, like I said, in Lee County's Finest, it seemed like uh, talking about religion and talking about or in having the Eastern sounds yeah. was a, kind of like an accent on it. Right. Um, whereas by now, the the singles that I've heard from your upcoming uh, right. album, those um, uh, those seem more steeped in it. Like yeah. it's this is like the main point, you know. Yeah. Um, 
And then, you know, kind of like adding on to that, your first EP didn't really seem to have much of that at all, no. like of either of those things. So mm -mm, talk to me know. about that progression then, because that's been about six or seven years, six I guess. Six or seven, yeah. We put the EP out in 2016. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, I mean, basically, um, when Josh um, uh, joined the band, like, I mean, like we pivoted from before that, that's kind of like right when we were starting the band. But before Josh joined, we did a year of shows with, um, you know, more of a like Americana indie type vibe. And then Josh joined the band and it was like me and him fell down that rabbit hole together of hardcore honky tonk and country music, you know. And that's where we found Hank Williams Sr. Mm -hmm. and Lefty Brazil mm -hmm. and Farron Young and all those great, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s, um, Buck Owens, Merle mm -hmm. Haggard. The Bakers I love Buck Owens. Miami too. The Bakersfield Sound. So like we were, when we made that record, that's what we were listening to, you know. Yeah. So, um, so that record came out of, you know, uh, you know, me and Josh's uh, mutual um, going down that rabbit hole and wanting to do that. And so, um, and we cut that in Nashville in 2016. And then we waited a couple years, you know, to do, uh, to do Lee County's Finest. So when we did that one, we were, you know, naturally just expanding our influences yeah. and what we listened to. Um, and at the and even in then I was kind of like, I was kind of focusing on Eastern, you know, I was kind of in between, like, I was reading a lot of like, you know, classic Nietzsche and, and, you know, and all that, um, uh, Freud and all that, you know, all the, the German psych yeah. psychologists, you know, um, uh, Carl Jung, you know, all that shit. And so, and, and, and those guys were focused on the subconscious, which naturally led to mysticism, which naturally, I found a copy of the Bhagavad Gita and I was like, man, I want to go full in on this and I want to do a record that brings Eastern sounds with Western sounds, Eastern twang with Western twang, you know, because that that's what I saw it as at its most simple level was just like, man, a sitar is just Eastern twang, you know, like Absolutely, maybe, yeah. maybe these things will go well with each other. Yeah. You know? And we tried it. And it was a crazy divine ass happening, man. Like it was wild how it happened. Like, I mean, it's just stuff that like, you know, that just, fe just felt natural. You know what I mean? Like just magic, magical stuff. Yeah. Like lining up, finding a sitar player in Alabama, you know? Yeah. One of my friends, Davis Little, you know, you know, Davis Little? I feel like I know that name. You yeah. know, Little Rain Band? From, yeah, 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 yeah. From Birmingham? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I, I know who you're talking about, yeah. Yeah, so when they lived here for a while in 2000, like 13, 14, yeah, I, I met them, and I, I I was I played bass in a bluegrass band. Me, Davis, and Daniel had together mm -hmm. called Chronic Grass. Nice, that's yeah. hilarious. <laughs> yeah. And so it came full circle. Davis is like, man, I got a sitar, like you know, like um, I was like, let's see if we can work this out because Eastern scales are completely different than Western scales. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it took us a few years to navigate that and figure out how do you blend both. So that's the evolution from first record to Krishna Country Gold, which will be released on the 18th or whenever. Well, and, and that makes perfect sense. Like listening to it, uh, I really appreciate it, though, that there is like an evolution. Um, yeah. Because honestly, when you're talking about something like, uh, and you know, I'm not a well-versed country fan. I, I, I think I'm more well-versed in the the kind of artist you were talking about. But, you yeah. know, the, the older sounds, like we talked 
off camera or maybe on camera, I can't remember, but about, um, uh, country music and how like I go in and out of like, you know, liking some of it. Right. Really the best, yeah, the best stuff to me is from like the fifties through the seventies. Sure. And, uh, I think that y'all do a good job of like capturing that kind of sound, but I don't think it's like a cookie cutter copy. Like, uh, like I'll appreciate that. Yeah. No, I mean, I'll, I'll throw an example in there. Um, space Texas off your first EP. It, like, you know, at parts of it, yeah, it's, like, definitely a country song. But then at other parts of it, you're like, this sounds like a Pink Floyd song because it's very, yeah. like, a, and, and Josh, that's a uh, that's a compliment to you. Your, your guitar <laughs> tone and your solo sounds like David Gilmour from Pink Floyd. It's very Man. epic and had nice tone. like No doubt, dude. But, 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 but you know what I mean? And that that is so cool to me when uh, I bet there's people who watch y'all sometimes and they hear you maybe play a song, like, Still Living, and yeah. they're like... I know this band's gonna sound like you yeah. know, and then you pull out a song uh, like Space Texas or like uh, I'm trying to think of some of the. I mean, some of the newer stuff I'm sure is very uh, psychedelic or cosmic. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think my point is, I it's nice to be able to look back at your stuff and see that progression, but also be able to recognize that you've always been you, that you have always kind of had an ear for like. I, I want to make this stuff that's like influenced heavily by these artists, but it's right. it's your own thing. Yeah, it's like building a house, you know what I'm saying? It's like like with the EP, it's like, all right, let's build a foundation. Yeah. You know, like, all right, with the with the first full length, all right, let's put in the drywall and the siding, the insulation. Mm-hmm. And now, we, now we're getting to where, like, with this third record that we can, like, start, you know, get in the rooms like you know what i'm saying like yeah. start decorating start you know like you know what i'm saying like it's awesome yeah so if you look at it like that it's like man yeah it's kind of like building a house trying to because the, the whether it was conscious or not like i've always wanted to like take parts of the last record and kind of like bring them in with you know yeah. where, where it might be like a, a cohesive listen from you know if, if you wanted to listen to the whole discography you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. you're just hearing the evolution of stuff and with my music i've always trying to be like whatever is going on in my life like i just that's that's what i like to put through my music because it's very cathartic you know that yeah way. yeah yeah and music as like as a as a method to work your shit out, you know, that works best that way that I do it for me. And you know, I was like, man, this is good. This is good for my soul. You know, mm-hmm. I need to work this shit out this way, and this is how I'm gonna do it. And maybe some people don't want the band to go this way, but you know, it's gonna be what it's gonna be. This may be a daunting question, um, but do you? Do you have any kind of vision for, uh, like, you know, if I were to say, I don't have to put a number on it, but like five or 10 years from now, like to be like, cause, cause you can look back now and say, oh, well, I started kind of on this path six years ago, seven years ago. It's like, well, in another five years, is there anything that, you know, you will have wanted to accomplish or, you know, something like that? Man, that is a tough question because, because I've always just been with music more present than anything else in my life. You know what I'm saying? Like I've always been just like at the time, you know, I haven't, I haven't really thought too much, like too, too far ahead, you know, maybe like, okay, now that we're done with this record, I'm already thinking about what I want to do with the next record. Yeah. Like I've, I've already, but beyond that, no, like beyond like five, 10 years, 
what would be nice is just to keep playing uh, the music that we want to make and playing them with my brothers and my sisters and traveling and getting to see the world. And if we're still doing that, then God bless. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, but if I, I can't say, man, like, you know, part of me, like, this is not B.B. Palmer, but, like, I want to make a hip-hop record one day, you know? Like, like obviously, I wouldn't use B.B. Palmer for that vehicle, but, like, me. It'd be awesome, yeah. You know, outside of the band, I want to make, like, a, you know, like, Wu-Tang-influenced hip-hop nice, record one day. Nice. So, I've thought about that, like, been, like, you know, that far ahead. But with with B.B. Palmer, it's just, you know, wherever the songs take us, I guess. Well, I uh, I think I do want to maybe, it, I'm I'm not saying this has to be you know me, but it would be awesome. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna nudge you in the right direction right. <laughs> of something. I think personally, and this might be because I'm a videographer sure. and I you know I do visual stuff a lot. But I think that the like when I go to see a concert, the visual component of uh, seeing a band and it can be just what someone's wearing, but I'm right. saying the visual component is huge. I, no I, I love, cause I love music, but I, these days you have to wow someone, you have to visually catch me to really catch my attention. No doubt. I think y'all would, uh, so, and maybe not all the music, but some of the music I think would do really well with like projection visuals, right. whether it's psychedelic, uh, in nature or whether it's more, you know, like I've been to concerts where someone just has like footage of like flowers in a field sure. while they're on stage. And I'm like, that puts me in a place. And Man. so, so I think, uh, I think, you know, my suggestion would just be that, uh, your music is reaching these heights, maybe find a way to visually represent some of the stuff too. And that's just, that's just, you know, what I think would be cool. No, it's a beautiful thought, man. Um, and honestly, like I, I would love to experiment with that. Like, um, it's, it's hard to do when you're traveling and playing places. Absolutely. Like when yeah. You're, when you're, like it, it's easier like to do that when you're planning a show like in around town like or something like that when you're on the road hitting different spots i totally understand you're traveling you know through states it's hard to do that but but i'll tell you one thing if you you know like down the road you know you get you we if there's a chance for us to work together that'd be cool yeah well i was gonna say another thing um what i would love for this podcast to become one day I, I originally started this podcast not wanting to do interviews. I actually wanted to do, um, it wasn't going to be a podcast. It was going to be, did, did you ever watch this thing that Adult Swim used to have online called Blood Feast? No, I hadn't. So it was like, a, a, they, they ended it like last year or so. Blood Feast was this like online program where once a week they would have a band. Sometimes it was, it was usually indie bands. They weren't like, you know, people with, it wasn't anyone with like, 100,000, 200,000 followers is right, bands that right. are maybe like, you know, closer to like 10 to 20,000 followers. Right. But even people smaller than that from Atlanta usually. Cool. Um, but they would have them come in and they would perform in the TBS studios. And basically it was like they would they would tailor it to the band. I can send you some links to some cool ones. Yeah, so much So like there's some bands where they're more uh, slow and ballady. So yeah. they'll have just kind of like cool lights that are kind of move slow. Right. But I have some friends that played on there where they have like kind of very psychedelic, weird music. And so they would have like them perform in front of a green screen where they'd have visuals or there are people who have had projections wow. on them. So like they would kind of tailor it to like, there the was sound. like, there's a metal band that like performed a ritual, you know, like a ritual sacrifice kind of, nice. you know, thing on there during their music. So like, 
I, that's a lot. And that's like a big uh, undertaking. But I originally started saying, I want to like film, you know, one to two person, you know, producers or like musicians who play uh, psychedelic music specifically, yeah. like in my living room. And then it just never, it never worked out. Honestly, I don't have the knowledge for, and the equipment for like running sound for that. Yeah. That's the hard part. And, and space. You e know. Exactly. But uh, one day, so then I started this because this is pretty small. Right. One day I would love to have a big enough space to where you're sitting here with me, we're talking, and then we talk about a new song you have coming out. And then I'm like, okay, let's hear it. And then you like walk over there with your band and then you you basically can play it and we, re you know, record it all. And then you come Beautiful. back and sit with your band. Like I, Beautiful. I, I that, that's a lot to like think about, but I, I think that kind of thing is so cool because Very cool. you get to see someone in an environment that is kind of perfected to hear them in their best, you know, way, as opposed to like a live show, the room might sound like shit, you know, mm -hmm. but, um, anyway, uh, I think all that, all that's to say, maybe one day if I have that kind of thing, you can come on here and perform some music. Dude. It'd be really cool. And, and part, call me anytime, Pete, when you get that going. Part of that would be that I have my visuals playing while the bands are playing. So like, that's, that's what I'm talking about. That would rule. Yeah. That yeah, would be awesome, man. Yeah. And you could get there, you know, like you get your sound set up, you get a good stage, you get a good space. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good thing to work towards. Yeah, absolutely. We'd love to do it. Yeah, man. Um, well, let's uh, talk a little bit then before, because I think we are going to wrap it up in just a minute. But yeah. um, let's talk real quick, though, because um, I just want you to get people excited about, you know, the new album. For sure. Let's um, let's you only have two singles out from the album, right? I do. And if you want to, after we get done this podcast, I'll, I can play you a couple of the ones that are that. unreleased. I would love that. Now for y'all, just for <laughs> y'all, right, gotta wait till August eighteenth. By the time this podcast, I was gonna say, out, by I'll the time it comes out, <laughs> yeah. So the podcast, the album has come out at that point, but yeah. uh, but but at least you know. Um, anyway, uh, I just want to get people, I guess, excited. Is there anything other than you know? the religious influence that you want to tell people about it, like about its recording or, I mean, you've kind of gone over a lot of it through the podcast. Yeah, for sure. Just wonder if there's anything we left out that you want to be like, Oh, actually this one person's on this and they're, you know, or I don't know. Something yeah. Like let that. me, let me give props to uh, all the people who, like who worked on this thing Yeah, because it's more than any other thing we've ever done. I think I counted it out. I think it was like 15 people. Wow. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, for for Krishna Country Gold to happen, uh, it, it was a two and a half year process. You know, I mean, it was a long time. Yeah. Just for five songs, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So let me give props to um, uh, the people who made it happen out there real quick. Just I'm just going to run down. Go, go for it. Yeah, take list. your time. Um, JP, John Paul, Malpas in Montgomery, who uh, runs a, a studio called Seven Bridges Recording Studio, who's a good friend of ours, uh, donated all his time and effort for pro bono. So God bless JP. He, he helped me along him, me, and Wade Allen, who's an engineer in town, mm -hmm. um, who did, who engineered the Lee County's finest record. Nice. Me, us three basically spent two years mixing down these songs. Mm -hmm. So shout out to both of those guys um, because it wouldn't happen without them. Uh, obviously the core band, um, um, gotta thank Josh, 
my main right hand. <laughs> That's my brother, man. That's my brother. He he is BB Palmer with me. Like he's the essence of BB Palmer. And if he weren't in, I couldn't do it. I wouldn't do BB Palmer anymore without Josh. So, uh, but Josh uh, obviously helped a ton. Um, uh, Taylor, you know, mm-hmm. she sang on it. She's there's a duet song that me and her do on it. So nice, yeah. Um, uh, uh, Johnny Varez from Electric Blue Yonder. Um, I don't know if you know Johnny. Is. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Uh, but he's he's a mad genius, and he helped me a lot with the arrangements. He brought in the fiddle player, um, uh, 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 Kim Cookie Powers. Uh, she's she's uh, um, uh, up north Alabama, uh, Muscle Shoals. Nice. Uh, session player. She's really good. She played on it. Uh, uh, Jonathan Avant, Martin Sager, the horn section on the singles y'all, y'all, mm-hmm. you heard that are out. Um, uh, my drummer, Penn Zephyr. God bless you. Um, and uh, Blake Robbins played bass on it. Um, and let's see, uh, Brett Robinson donated some vocal mics for us. Uh, um, Pat Patton mastered it. Um, uh, the artwork was done by Maduka Mukashan from Sri Lanka. Nice. So you got someone halfway around the world, you know, to do a record, uh, you know, with Vedic influence from yeah. India. So that was cool. Um, yeah, just all the people involved, man. It was crazy. Like, it's crazy how blessed, you know, this whole project has been. So, yeah. So um, it comes out. August 19th, by the time this podcast comes out, it'll be released. Yeah. So it'll be out on all streaming platforms and all that all that good shit. Um, and we'll have vinyls probably end of this year. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. Well, um, it's been a really good time talking to you. I feel like we could go on for hours and we we'll could. definitely have you back on. But uh, uh, real quick, you can follow Psychoactivision on t- uh, TikTok and Instagram at Psychoactivision. Um, you can you know find Psychoactivision Presents on YouTube. And again, uh, you can uh, listen to Krishna Country Gold uh, coming out on August 19th on all platforms. So, dude, thanks again. And uh, I can't wait to listen to the album. Oh, man. God bless you. Thank you, Pete. I appreciate it. Of course, man. Thanks. (laughs) Sweet.